to just speak briefly on, on this topic, a new normal. I've done this uh, a number of times, uh, but I wanted to share just a new normal with us. I, I sense something. I sense something in the air. I sense a, a time when you and I, uh, that you and I have entered. I sense that it's, no more, it's not going back to something that we were familiar with or had some modicum of control over. Does that make sense to you? You know, we're not going back to that kind of thing, but God wants us not to long for the familiar, the old, the things when we were the happiest we'd ever been or we could, do, we had everything in hand. No, we're going to new adventures and they are adventures in the Lord, in the Lord. This is uh, perhaps the best time of, of, my, of my, my, my life, my life. Um, it's definitely one of them, a time when we are exploring, uh, as it were, new worlds with God. I call this a new normal, and what we have to do is make sure as believers that we get our directions from the Lord, and we are not following, uh, in, in this biblical case, the world's definition. Now, of course, uh, whatever, there are some definitions we follow, but uh, as, as it, uh, as it um, relates to our walk with Jesus, we want to follow only biblical uh, definitions. And here, uh, I think the scripture points out that normal has to do with conforming to the standard, conforming to God's standard, not the world's standard, not the neighborhood standard, but conforming to uh, the standard or God's standard. It's the common type. It's, it's, what, uh, it's the usual in God. And somebody might say, you know, when they know what people know two or three scriptures, they always want to correct you, you know. Uh, you know, there's nothing usual in God. Yes, there are some things that always happen in God. So, and it's, it's not abnormal. So it's not a deviation from the normal. It's the regular thing that God does. And it also meant in former years and several centuries ago, uh, standing at a right angle, you know, it meant standing at a right angle. Because if, in order to have a, a right angle, you must have true vertical. And so that means if you have true vertical, that means that, that you are perfectly directed toward God. As a matter of fact, the cross is a symbol of that because you, you, when you're, uh, it, Jesus was properly directed toward God, therefore he was to, uh, totally and properly related to his fellow man. So it's like standing at a right angle. That was called normal or conformity to the rule. You conform to the rule. Okay, so rather than give more of, of uh, these definitions, just let me give one more. Uh, abnormal again means not normal. So if I have, if I am a Christian, since I am a Christian, or if I'm a Christian, then I have uh, heavenly normal. I have godly normal. My normality is not based on what the world is doing or my neighbors are doing or what I think ought to be right. And that's something we, we often hear about uh, subjective, objective and subjective. Uh, you know, when something is objective, it means that it, it, that it did not come through a lot of filters and points of view. And so when something is subjective, it comes through all of our filters and our memories and so forth. And you can get all messed up there. So uh, it is 
abnormal mean that which does not conform to normal. It's a deviation from the standard. And I want to just say uh, again, and I know some of you may say, well, there he goes again. Remember President Reagan? Oh, there you go again. <laughs> that was one of the things that used to make me laugh. He would say, oh, there you go again in one of his debates. But so some of you may think, oh, there he goes again. But I, I must go there because, because we must not formulate normal based on conditions, uh, atmospheric conditions, uh, things that are going on in the country. We don't de determine what's normal now based on the world's standard. We must hold on to that rock of ages and always hold on to who Jesus is and what Jesus has said, what Jesus has done, because what Jesus has said is the truth and what he has done cannot be undone. We must know that. We must know that. And so, so the question for every believer is, what is normal and who defines normal? So I wanted to f help you with that. You know, does um, uh, culture define your normal? For some, quote unquote, churchgoers, culture defines what's normal. Yeah? It may be you. It may be you. You may have, have some of those issues. I would say to you, uh, we can be, as it were, just plucked up out of those by the Spirit of God. We can. You could just come to a realization, Paul, you're totally changed. And not only in, uh, in uh, like practicality, uh, in, in the sense, uh, and objectively, but also uh, walking this thing out every day, you just somehow change. You're a miracle. Uh, but then most of us uh, do it the old-fashioned way. We walk out of it. Yeah, most of us aren't just plucked out of it uh, instantaneously. We're totally different. And yes, 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 it's all God. But, but most of us have to walk out. I can remember in the 70s, if any of you were old enough to be adults in the 70s, uh, I remember, <laughs> I remember uh, everything was, uh, was evacuation almost. It's like we were praying for people and God did a lot of miracles and people were just, they were crazy one day and totally sane the next. And it was just amazing. Uh, it's just amazing how it God did. And I remember when we came, uh, moved back here from the Middle East, my family and I, and uh, we was praying in the house where I had a little office there in the house. And some uh, a lady and her son had come, uh, had some really difficult uh, moments. And I was praying and boy, I just believe that God would do anything, you know, you, you know, that kind of faith, just God will just do it. And I was praying and I was wanting God to just evacuate her out of the situation. And suddenly he says, I'm not going to evacuate. I'm not going to come in and, and hella, hella evacuate out of this situation. He said, I want you to walk out of these. I'm, I brought you to a day where you have to walk out of these things because when you walk out, you know the way out, you experientially, you know the way out and you can help others walk out. Because when you get hella back, you don't know uh, how to walk out. You just know how to get hella back. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And, and so I remember that, that day very vividly. The Lord says, I'm not going to do that. So you and I don't need to de define normal by culture, by what your friends are doing, about, about what people in your community are doing, or even uh, the national trend. You don't follow that. You don't follow culture. You don't follow the social scientists where they may have some good things to say here and there. And I believe that. I, I'm not anti-education at all, but they may have some good things to say, but are they applicable to your Christian walk? Are they applicable, applicable to your Christian life? Or do you listen to the politicians? Are, are the politicians uh, forming what is normal for you? 
you know, do, do just, even pastors do it. Sometimes pastors are, are not correct in this particular uh, understanding of normalcy. We're not uh, always correct in it because some pastors really are not listening to God as they should. And that is not in any way a demonizing of pastors. I'm one, you know. So I certainly don't want to do that. But I am saying that there are some who are following um, a culture, following social scientists, following politicians, and not following God in this area. And so what we need to do is follow God. What is the objective truth? The objective truth always comes from God through the Spirit of God, through the Word of God. That is the objective truth. But when you put your flavor on it, your experiences on it, you taint it. It's become subjective, subject to you and your whims. Now, this is what hit this says. Okay. Is this okay so far? Okay. So, so the Bible defines what um, a normal is and should be, and the rest of us, we uh, analyze and describe things like that. We analyze and describe, analyzing and describe. And, and the more didactic, teachy, teachy, that word is teachy, the more didactic your speaker is, sometimes the more we revel in it. Oh, that's good. Oh, that's good. But, you know, because it's complicated. You thought it'd be complicated, meant good. All right. Okay, so, so normalcy is the act or the condition of being normal uh, or having the proper conduct. In Jeremiah 31, uh, 31 through 34, and um, the scriptures talks so beautifully here, uh, Jeremiah is speaking, and we know that all, good, all that's good and perfect comes from the Lord. We know that all that's good and perfect comes from, from the Lord. It doesn't come through my filters. It comes from the Lord. All that's good and perfect comes from the Lord. And you and I, by the grace of God, have laid hold to Jesus Christ in a in a almost an unexplainable way. We have laid hold to him because, and we laid hold of him not because we were smarter than our friends. We laid hold of him by the grace of God. That is, that is almost, it's, it was, it's almost like a parent taking a child's hand and putting it on what they want them to have. You know, okay, baby, let me have your hand, and you put it on. That's how God does, and that's what God has done for us, in that God has brought us into a place where it is my strong view that we will manifest the glory of God as we have never manifested the glory of God. We will see the truth of God more clearly than we have ever seen the truth of God. And what we see, we can have. That's what faith is. Remember my story about the faith, right? You know, I found what faith is. Remember that story? Yeah, one of my elders told me. I found what faith is. I found the Lord help him. And then he said, well, faith is seeing as God sees. I said, Lord, help me. <laughs> Thank you. That, that's what it is. It's giving you uh, the ability to see what God sees. Because real faith is not seeing something in the natural and then believing for it. Real faith is seeing behind the scenes of stuff and seeing actually in a vast, as it were, I'm going to use the word chasm or, or a vast area of nothingness and believe that there's something can come from there. You look behind the veil, and then you believe that. You know, you don't believe what you can see. You believe what you can't see. And you start to talk about what you can't see, and all of a sudden you can see it. That's faith. Yeah. So 
this is what God wants us. This is where he wants us to be. And so, you know, if, you, if, you, if, if you're basing your decisions on what you feel and, and can smell and touch and what touches you, what makes you wet and what makes you happy, that's not yet faith. That's not at all faith. All right? Now, listen what Jeremiah says, and he speaks of these days of the coming of Jesus. Jesus has changed everything, everything. And uh, Jesus is the love of my life. I, my wife knows that. Jesus is the love of my life. And, and I know some of you are conflicted in ways about that. But Jesus is the love of my life. I want him also to be the love of my wife's life. He is the love of my wife's life. He is the love of my life. And together, we can make a life now. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I know, I know what you mean when you say, oh, she's the love of my life, because you want to have a nice home. I know. <laughs> okay. No meddling. Okay, verse 31. Let's, let's read this, and we're going to read it, and I'm going to let you go in a minute. Behold, the days are coming. You know what, what days those are, right? The days when Christ comes. Behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah, not according to the covenant that I made with their fathers in the day that I took them by the hand to lead them out of the land of Egypt, my covenant which they broke, though I was a husband to them, says the Lord. They broke it even though he was a husband. So they were supposed to be faithful to their husband. But they were harlots. Uh, they were not faithful. They uncovered themselves on every hilltop, every green tree, showed their nakedness. They were not. And he said, he had, he said uh, I, uh, that he had taken them by the hand to lead them out of the land of Egypt. What a beautiful imagery. I, I had that imagery last year when... Um, um, I was, we were, we were on a consecration and I had finished the, the 60th consecration and, and I remember that Saturday morning I, I woke up and the Lord said, you are, you are on holy ground, you are on holy ground. And I knew he was not speaking of my hallway. And, and from that moment, he gave me the imagery, this imagery here of, of taking me by the hand, listen, and leading me to a place where my humanity feared to go. This is the new normal, that God will take you by the hand and lead you into a place where your humanity fears to go. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just scary. Kind of scary out there. Okay. Okay. Un momento más. Okay. Look at Jeremiah chapter 11, verses 1 through 8. Jeremiah 11, 1 through 8 is sort of an explanatory uh, uh, chapter for me here. It says, The word that came to Jeremiah from the Lord, saying, Hear the words of this covenant, and speak to the men of Judah and to the inhabitants of Jerusalem. Now, God is speaking to his people, not somebody else. My, my father's words come to mind when I said one day, Hey, Dad, but that boy did it. That boy. He said, That boy's not my son. Wow. And so God is expecting a different uh, code of conduct from his sons. All right? Okay, female sons. Right? All right. He says, And say to them, Thus says the Lord God of Israel, Cursed is the man who does not obey. Obey. Listen. Obey. 
Cursed is the man who does not obey the words of this covenant, which I commanded your fathers in the day that I brought them out of the land of Egypt from where? The iron furnace, saying, Obey my voice and do according to all that I command you. So shall you be my people and I will be your God. So, but he says, your responsibility is to obey. This the parents' uh, responsibility is to tell you what to do. May I just take a brief moment and say, I'm so grateful. I wasn't grateful at the time, <laughs> but I was so, I'm now so grateful that my dad taught me to obey. I am so grateful today. Disobedience will lead to misery. And those of us who are saying we're following the Lord and are sometimes following the Lord, uh, it's going to lead to misery. Obey. O-B-E-Y, obey. And, and, and your obedience is the outward measure of your love for God. If you don't obey God, you don't love God. And if God doesn't love you, he doesn't discipline you. See, a lot of times it's not the devil. All right? Okay, you know, I can remember my dad, my dad in the back room. So, you know, I don't know. I don't know if you've ever been to the back room. Uh, I, didn't, I didn't like the back room. He said, let's go to bed in the back room. Oh, no, not the back room, you know. And there was the, in the back room where I heard words like, I love you. I love you. I love you. I'm thinking, and under breath, no, you don't. <laughs> under, under breath. But no, he says, I love you. That's why I'm going to do this to you. I'm going to get your attention because I want you to obey. And, and one of the greatest things in my life is my obedience. I want to obey Jesus, okay? I want to obey Jesus. Okay, let me finish up. It says, um, he brought them from the iron furnace saying, obey my voice and do according to all that I command you. So shall you be my people. When you do what I command you, you'll be my people. When my normal is your normal, you're my people. Amen. And I will be your God. Not the world's normal that I may establish the oath which I have sworn to your fathers to give them a land flowing with milk and honey as it is this day. And, and I answered and said, so be it, Lord. So be it, Lord. So be it, Lord. All right? So, well, thank you for just letting me share a little bit with you. And thank you. Um,